So I started out, Alistair and I both started out in Zen very intensively. And it, it's a little bit different practice and, and uh, great. And we encourage people to use whatever practice really helps you to train your mind. Um, as I go into the years, I think I've been meditating now for about, let's see, 96, I don't know, 24 years, something like that. Um, and it in, it continues to surprise me from time to time on the value of that one step of just turning your mind back to the breath. You know, it's a very basic instruction in all forms of meditation, I think, whether it's Theravadan or Mahayana, Zen, um, to, you know, you're training your mind to do what you ask it to do, to go where you want it to go. And the value of that is th- that you end up being able to place your mind in what is wholesome and good as we practice with the Eightfold Path and see what is wholesome and good and learn to pay attention to the connection between the mind and the heart and how the heart responds to the positive, to the wholesome, and how the heart responds to the negative and the unwholesome. I was listening to a Dhamma talk by Ajahn Jeff this morning, Ajahn Tanisaro, uh, getting, you know, kind of immersing myself in his teachings. He's going to be doing a... uh, most of a day long, uh, November 1st, which is the day after, it's a Sunday, and it's a day after the clocks go back. Uh, I, I need to put that on the website. <laughs> but anyway, so I was listening to a Dhamma talk this morning uh, by him, and, he's, and he, one of the things that he said that really has stuck in my mind is he said there's four he he picked this up from I believe it was from the Pali Canon um, four types of people in the world there's people who are born in darkness and moving toward darkness there are people who are born in darkness and moving toward light there are people who are born in light and moving toward darkness and there are people who are born in light and moving toward light. And this morning when I came in, I went to get a drink of water. And there was this very large bug with, I don't know how many legs, 30. <laughs> I mean, a lot of legs, more legs than I could count. And it moved really quickly and I... You know, put a little cup glass over it and slipped a piece of paper under it and took it outside and set it in the ground and in it was a bit sunny out put it in the put it in the garden right next to the building here and it skittered immediately under a rock. I came back in and we have a double sink. 
And I notice as I pass the second sink, there's another bug. Same kind of bug. So I did the same thing, put it out. And this time I took it a little bit further so there wasn't any rock nearby. But sure enough, I set it down and it immediately hightailed and found itself under a rock. Now, that's preservation. But it also reminded me about how in each moment we can witness for ourselves the same kind of attitude. We get born into a wholesome sense of gratitude. And if we pay attention, where are we headed next? Are we headed for the darkness under a rock? Or are we headed for more light? Are we staying in the light? And when we feel ourselves headed for darkness, if we have enough practice, we can turn our attention to, I'm not going there. I'm not headed for the rock this time. So a little example, Alistair and I had our grandson over. Uh, for an overnight. He's with us on Fridays. We're all doing the social distancing, so we're safe. Uh, but it's a way to give his mom some break <laughs> every once a week. So he was over, and it happened to be his uh, one of his mother's birthdays. And so he and I were making a birthday present for her. And he was very excited and and he pulled out, I have all these little uh, craft items and he pulled out this jar of sparkles and I'm like, oh yeah, let's put sparkles on the candle that we just put together for your mom. So I was putting glue on the candle and he takes the jar of sparkles and I can open it. All right, good, Jameson. It's four and a half years old. And and then when he gets the lid, lid off, he goes, see? <laughs> and these are tiny, tiny little sparkles. And they just went all over me, all over the table, all over the floor. You know, and my my mind immediately went, started to go, damn. And I felt this little sense of irritation. It's like, no, not going there. You know, I could feel that connection of when I went, damn, that my my heart was like getting upset, getting, I didn't like this feeling that was happening here. So I'm just like, no. <laughs> four and a half year old, we're making a birthday present for your mom. You know, this is this is lovely. So immediately just, I'm headed for the light which are words I'm using now. It's not words I was using at that time, but I'm going to head for the, not going to, I'm not going to go there. So it's like then, and then immediately just turning my attention back to four and a half year old, making a birthday present. This is a really fun thing to do. Let's not, let's not spoil it with ill will. Immediately, yeah, it's just like, oh, this is this feels so good. Very different feeling. And the practice of just 
like counting our breath and returning, recognizing when we go off, thinking about something else, just gently bringing our attention back to the breath over and over again, letting go of irritation when it arises or judgment when it arises. Just it doesn't mean pushing it away. It means let it, allow it to sink into the background while we turn our attention back to the noble effort of mindfulness. You know, this is a good thing. And we can recognize and strengthen our ability to recognize the beauty of tr- of a well of, of a mind that is only trained even enough to do this one breath at a time and then maybe we lose it no let's come back it's a it's it's a really lovely beneficial effort we're turning toward the light we're practicing to recognize and strengthen our ability to turn toward the light in each and every breath, every time we remember. Every time we remember to pay attention to the reaction of our heart and commit to releasing it to whatever level we're able to, that's a really noble effort. You know, I rem- I've said this many times, but I'll say it again. Down at uh, Abayagiri, I've spent a lot of time in Abayagiri over the years. And I recall about f- 10 years ago or 15 years ago or so, sitting around at tea time and somebody had asked Ajahn Pasana, what does an Arahant think? And he said, an Arahant thinks whatever they want to think. And now think about that. Think that's what we're training for. We're training and starting with returning to the breath. It's it's nothing nothing to ignore. It's nothing to just put us under. It's it's very valuable technique. We're training to think eventually what we want to think, to have the strength to think what we want to think. To always be connected with the light. We're training to be born in each and every moment in the light and head toward the light. That's what we're training for. This is what we're doing. It takes a lot of faith in the beginning. You know, just like going to a gym. It takes a lot of faith to know that I will eventually be fit. You know, when we first start. It takes a lot of faith to think, I will eventually get my anger under control. It takes a lot of faith <laughs> to learn to drive and and not take the car off onto the into the fields. You know, it takes a lot of faith to learn to walk. But we do it. We've done all of these things. And we can do this. 
Eightfold Path, part of the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path is here to help us, uh, you know, it, it's like a um, container. It, it, it helps us to create, uh, you know, the karma, the good karma, the good habits that will support us to feel good about our training, to feel good about what we're doing. No regrets when we stay on the path, when we follow this. You know, but we, we will fall. We'll, we'll slip off every once in a while. We can always, in every moment, we can come back. As simply as turning our minds back to the breath. That in itself is a, it's a beautiful exercise. It has huge benefits. It strengthens our ability in this one moment to think what we want to think to head for the light you know recognizing paying attention with mindfulness paying attention to what it feels like we're about what am i about to do what does it feel like i don't want to go under the rock you know, staying really close, allowing ourselves to really be present with the pain of an unwholesome habit. You know, the, it was actually felt painful to think that I might scold or get upset with this beautiful four-and-a-half-year-old child who's so excited about making a present for his mom. That's really... <laughs> That's, that's painful. And the moment we turn our attention to, oh, that's painful. I'm in the light. I'm headed for the dark. I'm not going there. So instead, I just said, oops. Oh, my gosh, look, I have glitter on the floor now. Isn't that pretty? We'll clean it up later. Don't worry about it. Let's get this candle done. Okay, Nana. Oh, boy, did that feel good. Trickier and harder to do with people that we struggle with. You know, there's a lot of negativity in the uh, news right now. And there's, you know, the world has gone through this kind of cycle before. I've not experienced something quite this intense on what I'll call a global level when I pay attention to the news. I, in my lifetime, I've not. But look at history. You know, a lot of people have been through this before. Maybe not in this country, and sometimes in this country. But in my little protected life, I've not felt it, so I can feel like it. I can think that it's unusual, but it's the human realm. This is the human realm. There are many people in the human realm that are born in the dark and headed for the dark. There are many people in the human realm that are born in the dark and headed to the light. 
There are many people in the world who are born in the light and headed toward the dark. And there are many people in the world who are born in the light and headed toward the light. We're born in each and every moment. And we can build the habit to recognize when we're born in the light to stay in that light. <laughs> Don't beat ourselves up when we recognize, oh, I'm headed for the dark. Because the moment we recognize it, we're headed back for the light. And we don't want to suffer. When we recognize that we're suffering, we can choose otherwise. So again, I started to say a little bit earlier, it's harder to do this when we're literally going to meet with a person who raises our anxieties. Not the person raises our anxieties, but we raise our anxieties around particular people. And when our mind and our heart responds, thinking we've made it true, when our mind says, that person's just, they're such a jerk. And our heart responds to, I I don't want to be around that person. You know, we're feeling anger because of another person's whatever. That's us suffering in that moment. That's us having been in the light, headed for the dark. (coughs) We can't change another person. We can influence them perhaps by our behavior. But we can't get in there and change their makeup, their karma. What we can change is our ill will, our suffering. So I was, I tried this on this little exercise. I, I tried this on, I had a couple of conversations recently, both with Ajahn Tanisra and Lungpurpasano. And, and this is now what I'm working with, with the uh, instructions I've received from both of them. And, and I'm blown away by the simplicity of it. Um, But it's like, in each and every moment, when we turn our attention back to the breath, recognize the value of this very exercise. Appreciate and, and be grateful for these teachings, that they're there. Appreciate The exercise itself is strengthening our ability to turn our attention, to place our attention to where we want to put it. We can place our attention to the wholesome. And and we just have to recognize it in, in little events, ones that are easier to handle than a really hard one. But I must say, I did have... Uh, anxiety around uh, a particular conversation that I was about to have. And I worked with this. You know, practice just turning the mind back to the, you know, to the breath and recognize the beauty of being able to do this. 
And as I kept doing that, because it, it would shut off that noise, it would shut my heart off from believing in the noise in my head that was saying, this person should not be like this. They should be like this. They should be more like me. <laughs> you know, I mean, even in Jameson spilling the the glitter. He, Jameson shouldn't have done that. He should have opened it carefully like I would open it carefully. I wouldn't spill it. You know, same thing. Conversation. Why am I suffering just having a conversation with this person? Just turn to the breath. Rem remember the value, what this is doing. Feel good that you have this exercise. And that just turned off the connection, that, that, that emotional belief that when the mind said, oh, they shouldn't be like this, it just turned it off. I didn't feel it in the heart. And instead, what I felt was the presence of this person. Is They're here, and I'm present with this really lovely, wholesome feeling. So the pro what's it, where's the problem? We actually have the practice that is training our mind to release the heart from believing in the unwholesome that our mind is, can spit out to us at all times. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't or that we don't take wholesome actions in an unwholesome environment, but it's really important that we pay attention to can we stay in the light when there's a whole bunch of darkness going on around us? Because if we can't, we're just joining them in the dark. Um, Ajahn Pasano wrote this little piece, just a paragraph here. In this book, Don't Hold Back. Uh, a little bit different words, but it really relates well, I think. Uh, the way it's, it's um, Don't Hold Back, and it's under Truth and Practice on, there's no page numbers here, so Truth and Practice. The way of practice involves the cultivation of the Noble Eightfold Path, the cultivation of virtue, concentration, and wisdom. This path provides a roadmap to freedom from dukkha. The cultivation of the path is always grounded upon qualities that lead to brightness, clarity, stillness, and happiness. There's, there's a certain interface here that is intrinsic to the nature of the teachings and the nature of truth. There is dukkha, and there is a capacity to apply to apply wisdom to overcome dukkha. So we take those two aspects, truth and practice, to investigate and see what works for the overcoming of discomfort and dis-ease. So simple and so hard to remember to do. <laughs> but every single time we remember that exercise of turning the mind back to the breath, 
We're strengthening our ability. We're strengthening the training of the mind. We are training the mind to think what we want to think. To think what is wholesome. And what we're learning is how to release the heart.